Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. So uh, the best advice or best quote that I, I read is, which stuck with me is, what we fear doing the most is usually what we most need to do. So in my day-to-day life, if I fear, do, fear doing something, then I, I just do it anyway because I know that's where the growth is going to come from. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Sham and in this episode, we're back with the ex-baker Lakwinda Singh. He's also the general manager of Iconic Property Services. Landing in Australia with nothing but $1,800 to his name, Singh now owns eight properties, unboxing his three simple rules for managing the property market and his personal secret to maintaining a strong mentality. The most important lesson one can learn when studying success is this. If you want something, you have to risk something. Singh is no exception, sharing the stress he felt when he began investing. I started to uh, obviously learn about property in 2013 when I got that book, 13 or 14. And I, I put my first deposit down in 14, uh, which didn't really work out for me. Uh, I went to, um, I mean... When I was researching the, uh, the property market, uh, there's a, I was looking for options like where, where can I get the information and seminars were quite popular at the time, you know, going to seminars and I went to one of the seminars to one of the Spruka, he's a, I would, I would call a Spruka, Spruka developer and <laughs> I went to his seminar and he promoted uh, off the plan townhouses. So because uh, reading through books and getting uh, had some initial knowledge i thought that's probably not a good idea but then my 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 budget was quite low like a 390 380 so that's all i could afford at the time so i said okay let's let's go ahead with it and i paid that deposit and um so long story short that turned out to be uh, i couldn't i couldn't buy that property because he I think he he had like a twenty. He only needed like twenty people because he was building around twenty townhouses, and I was not one of the top ones. So he after after a, after a year he said, uh, "I might have, I might have to give you a deposit back because I mean we, we can't get get you a townhouse." So I felt like that was uh, kind of you know one of the lowest moment for me. Uh, it was quite stressful for first of all to lose that growth that could have happened in in that one year time. Uh, I, I did some calculations, so it was like more like a fifty to sixty thousand dollar growth that happened in that fourteen to fifteen, uh, two thousand fifteen to f- uh, around that time, and that was that, that was uh, that, that was one opportunity cost. And other than that, uh, the, just the stress going through this um, this process, like waiting for the deposit, you are you, you're not even sure if you're gonna get it back 
and you don't know how who to approach to get it back so that was one of the i would say lowest moment that that happened in starting of my journey yet despite the anxieties he felt singh persevered after all he was prepared to take the risk i always whenever i'm in a situation like that i look for what is the other what, what is the alternative and there was no other alternative to invest in something else because property is the only thing where you can get that leverage you can multiply your returns uh, you have the control on your investment and um, and all these things so i knew i had to go back to property i need to keep uh, pushing myself because that's that's the only asset class where you can track 30 40 years of history and it's all uh, you know uh, uh, you, you can easily say there's a 6 to 7% compounding growth in those 30 40 years you can even track back up to 100 years so so that's why i had a lot of faith in property investment so i, I just kept pushing myself just backing myself so i took some time off i thought uh, there is a bit of a gap so i need to bridge that gap i need to learn about contracts and all that property related stuff so again i went back to that you know that um, daily ritual thing so i had um, uh, uh, i was making my list even at that time so i i put that onto my list like i need to learn more contracts property growth areas and all that stuff and uh, i start uh, you know expanding my knowledge and that took me another maybe 6 months to be confident again and that's when i put my first deposit uh, i ended up buying a property in um um campbelltown area so yeah so that was 500000 dollar property uh, that i bought um so yeah it, it, i bought it in 2015 settled in 16 so that's that's how it for seeing finding his first property was no easy feat investing on a baker's salary proved challenging but with an unwavering mindset it was in no way impossible it was just uh, looking into the market so being in the market the whole time uh, searching for properties and same time you uh, you know expanding your knowledge you, you know what to say no to will will uh, will give you that benefit so that that's that's where i i end up i mean it wasn't easy to find a property under $500,000 even at that time um in 2015 and of 2015 so i i landed on this property um it was like a 474 kind of property and then i i made some upgrades and it was ended up buying ended up buying for $500,000 uh yeah it's a, it's a house three bedroom two bathroom double garage uh, on 400 meter square land uh, yes so that was mainly for investment uh i moved there for for some time to to get those incentives so um Yeah so it was mainly for investment I didn't really I didn't really put you know that um that fancy bench top or anything like any anything like that I kept it very simple because I was clear that it it, it is is going to be investment later down the track Having now got one property under his belt Singh was not ready to retire with his buying power on the edge he was ready to double his work if that was what it took when i was actually buying that property i spoke to my broker and my broker said your borrowing power is pretty much on the edge so you need to do something about it and i said okay that that's interesting so i said okay i might want to start doing a second job so while that property was under construction a loan wasn't approved yet i i started doing a second job so that actually took uh, my income from $70,000 to maybe around $100,000 was pretty much doing two full-time jobs at the time and my broker looked at the numbers and he she said okay we can actually get you a next property 
um, and we also have that you know equity built up in your property. So I said, okay, let, let's do that. So I ended up buying second property right after that as I, as I bought my uh, first property. And as we were settling on that second property, we did the numbers again and I still have more equity. And I also had some cash saved up from doing two jobs. So I pretty much bought three properties within that, uh, within that one year in 2016. Three properties now locked under his belt and juggling two full-time jobs effortlessly Singh was unstoppable. No, the first one uh, in New South Wales and second and third was in Brisbane. Since then, I, I have a total of seven properties. I actually had eight and I sold one of those. So I think that was the aha moment when I bought three properties. So I went from 2015 having no property and 2016 buying three properties. And I looked back and said, is it really, is it really real? Like I, I have three properties. <laughs> so... So that was kind of aha moment. I thought I probably have to wait for some time now before doing any more, buying more, any more properties and might need to figure this out properly before I go on, um, on, on next purchase. And then another aha moment came when uh, I, I, I bought two properties uh, just before COVID. And those properties actually doubled, uh, within almost doubled in, in that two years time. And one was actually a, a renovation deal uh, where we bought that property pretty much on on the land value, so uh, so around eight hundred sorry one hundred eighty thousand dollars. So that was the land value, and we pretty much paid one hundred eighty for that. And that property, uh, when once it was renovated in a couple of months, uh, it was almost like a fifty percent up uh, within within a couple of months. Yeah, so that was one property, and there's another one that I bought during uh, just before covid uh, was in south south australia uh, i bought in self managed super fund so my plan was to hold that property for maybe 10 years and then maybe buy something else but that property also like almost doubled like 80% growth within uh, within 2 years having solidified himself as a successful property investor seeing uncovers the evolution of his strategy when it comes to managing his property deals when I started, I didn't have any strategy. I was just going by whatever I read in the books and whatever I learned from other people. But as I read that, um, that Steve McKnight book and that 11-second solution uh, that he had, like, I mean, if you need to buy more property, you need to have some sort of, you know, filter to filter down locations or properties because otherwise there's thousands of properties, thousands of suburbs. So you need to have a set of rules that you can apply to find those properties. So that way you're not spending hours and hours and days researching because you can easily paralyze yourself with, with all the information that we have. So I thought I have to come up with some sort of strategy. And inspired by 11-second solution from um, Steve McKnight, I, I created my own set of rules that I now used to buy my properties and my clients' properties. Coming up after the break, Singh imparts an important lesson for listeners, the three simple rules to find a good market. I have three simple rules to find a good market. The first one is the importance of building a strong portfolio and the value it can add to one's employability. So main uh, re reason to, to build a portfolio is just to have options. Some words of wisdom he learned through his experiences that stuck with him across time. The best advice or best quote that I, I read is which stuck with me is what we fear doing the most is usually what we most need to do. And that's next. 
I'm Tyrone Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Though there's no exact recipe for success, Singh is fairly confident in his strategy for finding a good market. I have three simple rules to find a good market. The first one is uh, I, I, I spend some time on market selection. So when I'm going into doing a market selection, I look for high demand, low supply areas. So, um, so if, if supply is, uh, if, if a demand is high, supply is low and is expected to stay low, that means there's a pressure for the growth. And um, so that, that's what I look for when I'm looking for uh, a market to invest in. That's, that's the main reason why I generally, uh, I do make videos and things like that. And then I generally recommend staying away from apartments and house and land packages in the regional or, or city fringes because there's no, you know, there, there's, a, there's no supply pressure there. So, so that, that's, that's, that's the first rule that I apply. Uh, that's for market selection. And the second rule is for property selection. So how I do property selection. So I, I look for land to asset ratio. So I, when we're buying a house, I like to stay close to, uh, you know, 70% land to asset ratio. That means 70% of our money should go toward buying the land and 30% should go toward buying the building part. So, uh, so that means we're buying established houses in, in good locations where land is more valuable. So, so that's for the houses and for the units. I, I, I'm a little bit flexible. I say, let's let's go with sixty and forty. So, sixty percent percent of your money should go toward buying the land portion. How you work out land value? Uh, we, we can always look for the lands uh, recently sold land in the area, and then we can work on meter square, you know, rate for the uh, for that um, uh, for, uh, price, and then we can multiply that by your land, um, and, and 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 you can come up with some sort of number. And I have a third one, which is diversification. So uh, obviously, every market is can be in different cycle. So you wanna take advantage of different market cycles. So I, I I would always say you need to diversify your portfolio first on the basis of location. So that means you're buying in different uh, locations. So if one of your property is not growing because that market is, you know, uh, stagnating for some time, then then your other property should be growing if it's in a different market. So you should diversify on the basis of location. And at the same time, you should also look for diversifying on the basis of strategy. So you don't want to buy similar type of properties every time. You, you want to buy maybe some properties purely for buy and hold. And some properties you can buy maybe slightly newer, uh, maybe 10 years old, 15 years old, where you can get that depreciation. So you can, you can get that tax back. And you also want to have some properties that need some renovation or that has potential to sub, uh, you know, subdivide. So that's where that way you're always busy with your portfolio. You whenever you, you uh, if you don't have the growth, if the growth is not happening, you can manufacture that growth by doing that renovation or subdividing. While these three rules can help us when looking into the property market and navigating the research, Singh suggests on how to build a strong portfolio. So main uh, re- reason to, to build a portfolio is just to have options. So when um, I, I, I mean my next uh, my next plan is to take this portfolio to 10 million uh, you know valuation. So at the moment it's more around 4.5 to 5 million. So I wanted to take it to 10 million, which will be which is like a big leap, and I want to do that in like five years. So a, a, a portion of it will come from uh, maybe uh, growth in my portfolio. 
and uh, I might buy a few more properties as well. So the first thing I want to do is take it to 10 million valuation and then I can start a second phase where I can might um, where I might do maybe a bit of um, subdivision or maybe a bit of development or maybe I sell a portion of the portfolio and move that money into maybe big commercial properties. So that's that's the uh, like a medium term plan for me. I'm actually doing renovations at the moment. So we were not on my properties, the clients' properties. So we're doing renovation. We also I'm talking about doing subdivision, and uh, there is some uh, I'm partnering with someone else who who does developments. So I'm I'm at the moment I'm just uh, partnering with the right people who can help me with with those, these kind of stuff. But I haven't actually started doing it for myself yet. Yeah. So it's it's pretty much uh, when. I, I, I mean, in five years time, when I will be ready to do it, then I will be going really hard on developments and things like that. But at the moment, I think uh, my portfolio has, has, has gained, I mean, a lot of value by applying those rules that I, I talk about. And that's, that's why I, I am still, uh, even my, my, my clients that I'm serving at the moment, we're pretty much building the initial phase where we're just buying those properties and not doing much with the property and just holding for, for now. And then we will move on to that subdivision and uh, renovation and, and development phase a bit later. From nothing but $1,800 and the immigrant dream to eight of his own properties, Singh imparts his best advice to those who are curious on how he managed to succeed from so little. So uh, the best advice or best quote that I, I read is which stuck with me is, what we fear doing the most is usually what we most need to do. So in my day-to-day life, if I fear, do, fear doing something, then I, I just do it anyway because I know that's where the growth is going to come from. And yeah, so that, that's what I follow. Because um, if, if, you, if you're very comfortable, if you're very comfortable with what you're doing, um, if, if you go back to my job that I was doing, uh, working as a baker, I was very comfortable there. And if I just kept doing that, there was no growth there. Uh, so that's that's why I use that monotonous work to learn about property investment, and um, because I knew I didn't have to think about it. So I, I knew I wasn't growing when I was comfortable. I need to come out of that comfort zone to do something and build something, and because it worked for me, so that's why I I I, I always uh, that that's why that quote stuck with me. I think. Thankfully, Singh's wisdom does not end here, as he looks back to what he would say to himself ten years ago. I would have said to myself that always, I mean, start investing early on. So if you can, if you can, um, I mean, if you don't have the money to invest or if you don't have the knowledge to invest, just start with something because investing is a habit. So you need to grow that habit. For example, what I'm doing with my son at the moment is he's seven years, seven years old and he's already investing his money. He, he got like a hundred dollar at the moment and he invested that money with, within my company. And he, every month uh, or two months that he invests, he, he get that $5 extra. So he knows his money is growing and he's learning that investing and compounding. And, and he's also learning one of the important lessons, uh, like patience. So he need to patient, patiently wait for the investment to grow. So that's, uh, I would have advised myself to start as early as possible. Next five years in my portfolio side of it i'm excited to grow it to to that level that 10 million kind of level and then i'm also excited to go into that uh, that that phase where i can take action and uh, execute those, those plans that i have which is to build a certain level of you know cash flow 
a certain level of positive cash uh, cash flow that's that's what I'm striving for so that's I think I'm quite excited about that at the same time um, I, I believe I'm, I'm really excited to look at my business growth as well and just combination of those that's keeping me excited at the moment. No doubt you'll you'll reach those goals because as you said, most of this is a habit. Once you develop that habit, everything just continues to flow on. So I think you'll achieve that quite well. And how much of your success, uh, Lakminda, that uh, you believe has been due to your skill, intelligence, hard work, and how much of it do you think has been due to luck? I believe luck is when opportunity meets preparation. So I'm not I'm not at all superstitious. So uh, I have no place for luck in, in, in my dictionary. Um, I think success comes with growth mindset and at the same time taking action. And uh, you can leverage skills and intelligence from other people, but you need to have that mindset in order to grow. So I don't think luck has any place in my, in my life. Thank you to Laquinda Singh, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.